Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 46 of Comic Book Nation, the official podcast of comicbook.com. I am your host, Kofi Outlaw, and with me for this episode, I have Matt Aguilar. What up? Producer Jim Viscardi is back with us. Hello, hello. And our favorite show heel, Mr. Turnup Charlie himself. <laughs> Charlie Ridgely is here. Uh, we brought him back because after we shamed him over, over New Mutants in the last episode, and it's another possible delay we, we felt like you needed to pick me up charlie so we thought we'd bring you on for some well i good appreciate talk. that at yeah. least this time when it gets delayed everything's getting delayed so it feels a little bit better i mean sure i guess <laughs> it's inevitable you know yeah. it's inevitable this time well, i mean i mean it's, good. it's a good way maybe to if you it's time to hop on the hulu train there are no time. potential reshoots happening no just just <laughs> hop on the hulu train hulu hulu's the place to be for new mutants all right but that's not what we're here to talk about today we got a lot to talk about we had a show, but now it's a different show because things are happening. We got to talk about the new Amazon Fallout series, TV series, not the game series. The TV series based on the game Fallout series is finally happening. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to be talking about the return of some 90s icons who are coming back for a reboot that could fall flat on its face with this generation. We got to get into all that. Marvel just scooped up a couple big properties that we got to discuss. I mean, I didn't see this one coming. So this has been a day of just surprises lately, the last couple of days. <laughs> uh, and we have Hamilton's coming to Disney+. Plus. Charlie wanted to shout that out because he's very excited. And uh, in our deep dive segment, we are going to talk about the ongoing drama of Justice League. Like, man, I didn't think writing a book, we were just mocking somebody for writing a book about this Snyder Cut thing. But now, I mean... This book is getting to be a page turner. Wow. <laughs> Justice League is just going to be a fascinating, just the name Justice League in movies is going to be a fascinating documentary one day. I mean, just get it all mortal and everything we're going to talk about here. So oh, man, yeah, the yeah. Justice League drama is not oh. over. We got to get into all that. Plus we are going to review Netflix and their reboot of unsolved mysteries, which has made a comeback. All right. So let's start at the top and uh, Matt, I know you and Charlie's excited. Because we're finally getting a TV series based on the Fallout games. And so Amazon continues to kind of make these moves to scoop up, you know, just surprising properties that Amazon's putting some money behind. Oh, and let's let's not forget the, I mean, the talent is the big thing here. 
Well, I'm going to get to the talent, but just trying Always to jump in the here. gun. <laughs> I feel, that's because I feel like he's underselling the talent attached to this. Okay, well, we're going to get to that. We're going to unfold to all that. You got you to build these things up. This is, this is how we do this thing called a podcast. So, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's anyway, crazy yeah. that I'm on a podcast and I'm, I am not the most impatient person here. Yeah, that is crazy. Wow. <laughs> That's a deep cut. But uh, let's just go with the, we're going to do the gym. We're going to do the gym version. Okay. So here we go. Bullet points. Amazon Fallout TV series. <sighs> Makers of Westworld. Lisa Joy and Jonathan Nolan. Uh, Kilter Films. Their their production company is uh, developing the series. So we're going to get the people of Westworld making us a Fallout TV series. So that's the gym points. Yay! Yeah, so this is, like I said, my buildup was that Amazon is scooping up things like Lord of the Rings and stuff like that, and they've grabbed Fallout, which is possibly one of the most kind of highly desired game adaptations that people have been pushing for in, in different forms. And uh, yeah, this is going to be this is gonna be pretty crazy. Charlie, you look like you're going to explode. But- <laughs> there, is, there is no holding back the excitement here. All right. Why don't you Why don't you get your excitement out, Charlie? This will be I mean, I, it, like, you you said it perfectly. I think like it's one of the most like desired adaptations of, of video games. I mean, they're you know up in like Assassin's Creed. People wanted before that movie came out. That was a really big thing. But you know, Fallout has gone on for so long. Man, and how, how sad was that Assassin's Creed movie? I don't think it's the worst thing ever. But that's a whole different discussion I, for another time. Yeah, it, it wasn't. It's thing. just the ceiling is it, very it's, high. It's not, it's not it great. Didn't. But the hardcore yeah. stuff. In that, oh, the hardcore stuff, and that was great. The animus thing was. Just yeah, it, yeah, they focused too much on the present, not the past, and that was part of the problem. But that's again a whole the bigger ball game. Um, <laughs> with Fallout, it's like I'm, I'm stoked more than anything that it's a TV show because they were tried to make a film version of it before. Like it's been, the rights have bounced around places. Like it's always been a thing that people wanted to do but they couldn't find a way to crack it. And part of that was because they wanted to make a feature film out of it because no one thought you could get a TV budget that you needed for Fallout. Yeah. And Fallout, because of all of the world that it has, all the different games, I mean, you have stuff in West Virginia, in you know Vegas, in DC, in Boston, and you can create, LA, you have Alaska, you can put stuff anywhere, Pittsburgh. Like there's all kinds of story to tell. And a movie is not going to, it's going to tell one story kind of and have a little bit, you know, of the grander scheme, but then it needs to make money and find an audience and then get a sequel and a TV series out of the gate is just a much better format for it. Cause you, you can actually explore side characters and side stories. You can branch off out of, you know, one story into another one and you have, you know, you can connect things in ways that you couldn't in film really effectively. Um, and especially when you have, Nolan enjoy doing it. I know there's some blowback about Westworld season three not being quite as good, but watching what they've done with Westworld and how they made that show feel so big, you know, so so many times on TV, I've talked about this, especially with Netflix, where TV is trying to do something big and it feels small because of the way they film it and the way they do it. I think that Westworld always did a really good job of making things feel big and feel grand. And feel um, like a world. Yeah, it, it felt real. And I think that you can bring that aesthetic and that, that storytelling style to Fallout. Um, maybe with and if there's like, one company that's got the money. It's Amazon. Obviously, they're not Now, like finally, studio. Jim has jumped back to my, my <laughs> original build-up points. See, see, this is how this all cycles around. This is why you got to sow the seeds early. Yes, because Amazon has the money and they are the ones literally putting money into making Now, I will, I will say just to, to be devil's advocate, we haven't seen what they've done with all this money yet. Like, 
all the series they've done to this point have been. But have you not I, seen? Have you not seen the money that they dumped into upload? I mean, that was I mean, a, a relatively yeah, small yes. show. I but understand. Like, looks like I really liked. I, money. I, 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 do, I just mean in terms of taking a giant property that requires not not only a substantial budget but an enormous budget to do well. Wheel of Time, huh. or um, or uh, Lord of the Rings. Like we ha- we just haven't seen them yet. I'm not. That's not me saying. Oh, I'm worried about it. I'm just. I'm interested to see how that. No, how you're right. We haven't do seen it. it, but it seems like the strategy Amazon is going for is pretty clear, um, and it's smart. That's a yes. smart strategy. They're going long with play. Like they're looking at these highly desired franchises that haven't been adapted yet, and saying we'll be the ones to fund that. Like we'll yeah. do that. Yeah. They, and they're, Amazon's they're obviously not getting their cheap. Yeah, they're not getting cheap talent here. Like they're going to Lisa Joy and Jonathan Nolan. Like, you yeah. Know. yeah. But here's here's the crazy here's the crazy thing that I don't think has necessarily come up. Amazon, right, has all of this data. Those are there. They are just, you know, they're pulling. They know how well Fallout sells just on based on people buying it from from their store. Even like Lord of the Rings, things like that. I am really interested to see, like, this is exciting, but to see what, like, the next couple of their, like, franchise things go and, like, if they kind of correlate to uh, things that are, you know, I don't know. I just like, there's, uh, Amazon's got a lot of data. And so I'm yeah, that's really the, curious. That's the key. Like, that's well, right. the thing. Like, they are, they are cherry picking things that, that, you know, have huge potential. It should it should tell you the power of fallout mm-hmm. when a a in anyone else's hands fallout 76 is anthem okay like fallout 76 yeah. had so many issues out the gate it is a meme a, a negative meme generator online still and yet i'm almost positive at this point the thing is somehow profitable <laughs> I'm, I'm almost positive you, now. you can buy copies for 10 bucks but they're still selling copies like yeah, they're know. still selling copies, and they've, I mean, look, they had the gall to release uh, an update, like, that you had to pay, like, a premium service in a game that was trash by, like, most people, <laughs> and yet, somehow, it, the, like, people are still works. excited for the next one, it works, Fallout has a, has a giant footprint, and the, the biggest other, the other thing that works, it was always going to be a TV show to me, as far as like what it would excel yeah. at same with last of us really like i don't know why they keep trying to make that into a movie either and then when they finally were like hey we're gonna do hbo we're gonna do some other things it's always the best for these worlds that like the fallout games one of the main <laughs> criticisms uh of the of the games in general and you can say this about a lot of rpgs but it's the fact that the stakes get removed when the open world gameplay kind of seeps in. So like your son's dying or your sister's dying over here. And then it's like, Hey, go build a fort and go do all these other different things that like those games tell you to do. And it's part of what makes them fun to play. But as a story, it kind of takes away sometimes from the narrative and here they don't have to worry about that. Literally here it's, we can tell this one story and then we can switch it up the next season. If we want and do new Vegas, we can switch it up. I, I feel like most people online are hoping that fallout three, is the See, one that they here's the thing. I don't, I, I just I don't want that. this whoa, to be. Whoa, whoa, everybody Sorry. settle down. I, I don't want this to be an adaptation. I want it to be a new story set in the world of Fallout that maybe ties in, you know, somewhere else. But I do not want this to be an adaptation. I'm I don't think it, sorry. That's, I, 
hate that idea so much. Um, like I, I want, <laughs> I want it to be original and different, but I think that there is so much strong story across these games. I want you, it to be original and it, different, but I want it to adapt a thing that exists. I mean, it depends. I, I, want, I, I want it to adapt. I think, like, yeah. I want them to take liberties with it. I want them to do creative things with it. But I still want them to take the core story, especially in Fallout 3. I, I just wrote a thing. You go to comicbook.com slash gaming, you, you can find, I wrote a piece about how it should start with Fallout 3 because that storyline is so cohesive and it really lets people kind of jump in that haven't played the games, that don't really know, you know enough about the world. And it gives them characters to relate to. You have Three Dog, which is such a perfect narrator for a TV show to kind of help set up everything that's going on without acting like a bunch of exposition um you know there's so much about fallout 3 that helps set the stage and the story of fallout 3 fixing the water supply all that stuff can then branch out to these other these other locations and these other games you know you get a bit of the war with the paladins in fallout 3 and that can set up a season that deals with new vegas or a, a sub story that deals with new vegas and you have you know the water supply chain can run up into uh west virginia and boston and pittsburgh and it, it has elements that can tie everything together and kind of provide like a hub in DC to then branch the whole story out. And it's going to have it. to change because your character is not a character. Like yeah. they, they have to create an entire character to base this thing on. I get what Jim is saying. Like, cause I understand, like I get that. I, I get wanting a new story set in this universe, but at the same time, when you have a, when you have a series that is as defined by narrative as fallout is like, Fans of that series are fans of the characters in it, like specific characters. It's not just the world. Like, I think that would piss more people off. And than, that's, but that's but, exactly but part how, of what's wrong with I, Assassin's I think Creed. Some, I think Assassin's Creed was this, yeah. this story that was, it's canon, it's a different thing, but it's part of the game canon. And then the people wanted to see Ezio, you know, mm -hmm. they wanted to, like, they wanted to see these specific things. You can yeah. change it and do some fun, have some fun, but like, there's a core to it that needs to still be intact. Yeah. But how amazing was what was Watchmen on HBO because it was not Watchmen. It, it but it tied that, into Watchmen. Well, that's what I mean. It was, it was a sequel. But that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like that's I, that's what yeah. I want this fall. I don't want it to be an adaptation. I want it to either be a sequel or something new that that has ties to the original stuff. Yeah, yeah and I, mean, I think you also got to look at the intent and like the business of it, like. They don't need to recreate the game. The game is right. already a smash. The story, that story exists. And, and they're not going to sell Fallout 3 to anybody who goes to watch the show. You know what I mean? So, like, I, I think they're going to do what they always do, which is cherry pick the elements that are the strongest from various games and see which they can kind of match I mean, together I and pay homage to in a show. But I think, like, Jim's right. Since the thing that's unique about this game is that there is such strong narrative and such strong world building but essentially there is no central character. Like that's a blank slate that you get. To I, I, I think the, I think the MCU is a really good, like a, like a model, not, not in building a, a franchise or a universe, but you know, so many of those, of those stories in the MCU, some of those movies are based on specific comic runs or a couple of different ones, but they're also their own thing. So you've got like a Captain America civil war had elements of the story in the comic, but it, it also took a lot of liberties in and of itself. You know, and it was able to use the story as as a starting point, but then also do new things. And I think that's, 
I'm surprised I think you and Jim are kind of saying. Yeah, the you're same saying you're thing. now slowly morphing into saying the same thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I guess I, I guess I got thrown off. He's like, I don't want an adaptation. He's like, well, but I like I want three dog. I want yeah, Jim went know, hardcore. I, I want uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think like all those elements iconic, of the story. The iconic elements are going to still be in the show. Like right. obviously, if there's really strong characters. I want the ten penny tower thing. Like that's such like a fun. A, yeah, but that's stuff for the gamers. Like none of us who don't play the games don't care. Like, yeah, <laughs> but you say that about comic movies too, and they still put comic like deep no, no, cut those Easter are Easter eggs. eggs. Yeah, yeah. But they're Easter eggs. They champ. Yeah. They they shouldn't be. They don't build the whole thing around. Yeah, correct. Exactly. Yeah. All right, so we got to move on because we spent a lot of time on this. Let's call out TV series. Go to comicbook.com gaming. Let us know what you want to see. We have many many articles on what you can do so, including Charlie's. So moving on to a game that's finally getting made into a TV show. That a TV show that's finally getting uh, remade again. Beavis and Butthead are coming back, y'all. That's a good segue. They're coming back to uh, save the save America or just do America again. I forget which, but um, yeah. So '90s icons Beavis and Butthead are they're going to be doing this show um, once again? Uh, where are they coming to? MTV or is it HBO Max? Comedy Central. They moved from MTV to Comedy Central. To Comedy Central. That's right. So it's going on to Comedy Central, who has a new deal with Mike Judge because they've been making money off his syndicated reruns for I think quite a bit. Um, so. Mike Judge, creator of Beavis and Butthead, King of the Hill, Office Space. Or no, not Office Space. No, wait. Yeah, yeah Mike Judge Office, Office Space. Space. Yeah, Extraction, all those movies. So they bring back Beavis and Butthead. And this is, uh, this is kind of the, the reason I'm bringing this up is besides the headline, and it was kind of wildly popular, it was, there was this hilarious posting where somebody did like the top 10 Facebook links of, of yesterday. And it was all like crazy political propaganda and dead center in the middle was comicbook.com's Beavis and Butthead article. <laughs> <laughs> so much. Yes. It was crazy. Um, yeah. So, so the, I mean, people are, I mean, this was popular and people are kind of like, you know, getting up, but what, what kind of came out of this headline was this debate that I thought was interesting, which is whether Beavis and Butthead can still work because that was very much a Gen X kind of slightly Gen Y type show and now like they're saying it's gonna have the duo entering a whole new gen z world and i guess be kind of giving the commentary on different things i mean there's a whole bunch to comment on from youtube to tiktok videos to all kinds of stuff these guys could be watching now uh but do you guys think beavis and butthead is there still a world for beavis and butthead or are we strangely now more of a beavis and butthead type world Oh, we're absolutely more of a Beavis and Butthead world. I agree. <laughs> I, agree. I, I think it's actually probably the grenade. I thought it was. No, it, but I think what? it's more re- relevant now than it probably was back then. Like it's, I, I think there was a gap there in between of time where it would not have been relevant. And they and tried like, to bring it back once. Yeah. Right? And it, but and like South failed. Park. You mean those, those years shows. between like 2008 to 2016? But here's, yes, here's the exactly, thing Exactly, those years. We are still, we are still at, at a point in our pop culture where uh, 90s nostalgia is still a very potent drug. Absolutely. And so, so yeah, now is the, uh, is the, per, is, you know, kind it's of the best drug. time for it is and now is the best time yeah, for it. Kurt Cobain was never more right we are I mean, and butthead. contagious I, I think so that like, you know, Mike, Mike Judge bringing it like Mike Judge is this very smart person bringing Beavis and Butthead back now is I know he he probably has a lot to say with those characters you know and he is as good as anyone at you know commentating and, and really slamming the world that we live in I, you know I, you mentioned a bunch of stuff he did Kofi at the beginning uh, but one movie I know you love and, and I really hold dear to my heart is uh, Idiocracy. Oh, yeah. Idiocracy uh, yeah. is one of the best commentaries on 
just how terrible and stupid our world can be. And um, I think, you know, he obviously wants to, he has things to say about that now in the world that we're living in now and all the craziness around us now. And, and that's a really exciting thing. And personally, as, as cool as it is, if he was going to bring back one of his cartoons for 2020, I, I think the King of the Hill might've been the better okay, idea. I love that show. Um, that, but that gets me personally. I mean, I trust my judge to do, to do funny stuff. So, I mean, I'm not, I'm not, not excited about Beavis and Butthead, but I think King of the Hill might've been an even better way to, to commentary, to commentate on what's happening now with those characters. All right. Anybody else? Beavis and Butthead, you guys excited? Matt? I mean, I, I don't no. know where Jim and, I mean, I, Jim and Charlie seem more excited than me. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm pretty neutral. I mean, I, yeah, I I like, Dude, I loved Beavis and Butthead. That's, I, I think Marley. that's I the know. thing. I love the it's, movie. It's, one, it's still one of the funniest movies. I feel like it just depends. Like, they just never, like, it was just never my jam. Like, I watch some and I laugh here and there or whatever. But, like, it just didn't hit me. And so, you know, and, I mean, honestly, to be fair, like, neither did King of the Hill. Like, other than Office Space, I would probably say, like, Mike Judge's stuff just never really, like, it just never really resonated with me. Have so, you watched it? Did you watch Idiocracy? No, I did not. Oh, you yeah, didn't watch Idiocracy. Um, yeah, but, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it just never jived with me, right? So it was just, like, this is, I think, but to answer your question, your first question, I think it's more than perfect timing for this to come back, and, and especially with a lot of the animated stuff we have is so meta and is so, like, constantly talking about current topics and things like that, and... Um, I think it's it's perfect. I just probably not going to be. I don't think I'm the audience. So, all right. Well, that'll do it for Beavis and Butthead. It looks like we are going to take a break, and when we come back, we got to get into Marvel's latest big acquisition. Talk about some continuing drama with Justice League and review Netflix's Unsolved Mysteries reboot. So, stay tuned for all of that. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. We're back. So, like I said, Welcome back. Marvel has just pulled a crazy acquisition and continued looting the closet that used to be Dark Horse Comics. By, uh, <laughs> they, just, yeah. they just hover above the button, like <laughs> the, ex, like the expiration well, everybody's for licenses. Like pre-sale. Everybody's getting into Dark Horse and getting everything they can out of that Star Wars, wiring. But this Star is, Wars, I mean, Conan. But here's then, the thing. Well, Co- Conan's Buffy. different, but... but um, but Alien and Predator, what, we which we're about to talk about, which we're yes. about to talk you about, it, but it makes it makes perfect sense because <laughs> those are Fox properties. Okay, well that's great. Nobody understands what you're talking about. Go. If they All don't right, know go. What we're saying. 
Go, so, go, go. Here we go again, out of order. <laughs> Basically, Marvel Comics has acquired going. the rights to, oh my God. to Alien <laughs> and Predator comics. So this is not the rights to Alien and Predator movies, which Disney already owns as part of the Fox merger, as which that's what Jim is alluding to at the end of our discussion. So we're going to go there first and we'll come back to the beginning. So at the end of this, it is a perfect acquisition in summation because Marvel Comics can now kind of control and shape the future of the Alien and Predator franchises on the page. And they are popular comic franchises. Dark Horse put out a lot of great Aliens, Predator, and Alien vs. Predator stories and them versus everybody else kind of stories um, for years that were fan favorites. So now Marvel kind of gets to take that and, and control that on the page. And, you know, it's going to be inevitable. Right now, the, the plan is that these are going to be continuities of Alien and Predator base that borrow and expand upon elements of the film franchises. So they're just a Marvel imprint, but they are their own kind of universe. But of course, you know, that doorway is going to start swinging sooner before later. And it's going to be inevitable that we start having Alien and Predator kind of leaking into the Marvel Universe. I mean, they even did this announcement with promo art by David Finch in which Predator which is holding so an good. iron. Yeah. I, okay, Predator Jamie hates on him, but man, man, that's good art. <laughs> I love David Finch. It's classic. I mean, that's like classic <sighs> 90s kind of art right there. Like, that's, I love that stuff. So anyway... He's holding an Iron Man head and spine in, in true Predator fashion. So already you're already seeing the kind of bleed overs. And it's, it's not going to be too long before, even if it's not in the main Marvel continuity, we're going to get some kind of event crossover or something. It's got to be Deadpool yeah. versus first, right? I mean, well, I mean they brought Black Conan Panther into the Marvel. Predator. They brought Conan into the Marvel universe. There's no saying they won't do, they won't do this with. Uh, I want to see the Marvel's best I, hunters. Like, I just think that Predator. there's. Black Panther, Kazar. Um, uh, Craven, like yeah. which, by the way, which Predators by the way, what you hunt. were what you were describing now should have been Savage Avengers, like yeah. that that <laughs> team should have been that instead yeah. of what it yeah, ended like up Wolverine, Sabretooth, and have them all on a Predator. Put planet. It, put it, uh, what, what's that? Uh, that is it Savage Island? Is that the name of it? What's the the island Savage where Land. all the crazy stuff the is? Savage, Savage, Land. Land. Savage yeah. Land, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, like, I mean, seeing that like against Predator, like that'd be amazing. Um, so, there's a lot of fun. Uh, the, the obvious thing is there's a lot of fun to be had with this. So that's the deal. So we're going to be getting more Alien and Predator comics, and like I said, they're going to be expanding upon the worlds in the established kind of storylines of the films. Um, and yeah, this is an exciting thing for the obvious new treasure trove of stuff that Marvel gets to play with. And because of, as Jim said, in the, in the end, in the end slash beginning that we are basically now, this is good incentive to generate, you know, fan interest to get the next phase of Alien and Predator movies off the ground, which are now, of course, owned by Disney. Yep. Um, so, yeah, Bring basically all, all your fandom around. is landing in Mickey's pocket now, so... They might not have the film. Oh, wait, they do have the film rights. Oh, man, I just said I, that. I think there's, there's something yeah, so to be said, though. Everything's just kind of going down the funnel into Mickey's pocket. I am, I am okay. Well, I am okay with Marvel being Disney's comic like publishing house. Like, get, yeah. like, and like, it's like, and uh, the, big, the big question I have is how violent, like, how violent will they potentially have the comics be? Yeah, um, that because, is one big question, yes. I mean, that's a, I mean, that's a you know, those movies... They're pretty violent. <laughs> yeah, so, but you can but, also, I mean, you don't, comic 
some of the most violent things in comics don't necessarily have oh, to sure. be gory. Sure. I mean, fridging Green Lantern's girlfriend got past the comic authority. Well, that was a long yeah. time ago. Yeah, <laughs> but sure that right. was the 90s. But I mean, it didn't have to be. But again, it wasn't like gory. It was just a body contorted into a refrigerator. So there's yeah. ways you can do, you know, blackout, blood, and all that. Yeah, stuff, stuff off panel. But like, are you excited for a, like an ongoing series? I mean, it depends. Like, I, I mean, very much am. Okay. Like I, I like what Marvel has done with Star Wars, for instance. Like okay. the Star Wars comics, I and mean, we've we've even been getting into this on the show. Yes. They're so much more exciting than like watching these films has been. But then we and, have like the Conan books, which are to me kind of fine. That's the that's where they can be, which yeah. is fine. But yeah, like it's but that's, that's it. when they but didn't they bring Conan into like the main Marvel universe? They right? did. Yeah. So and like see, it has all the connections it, yeah. and all that. And it but has like all the, it gets saddled with all that. Like if yeah. they're just doing lines of continuating the Alien and Predator universes, or even that Prometheus craziness and straighten out some of that, like I, I would I would want to read that. Like and okay. I like good, and like I was saying in the beginning, like Dark Horse and especially like in the '90s, Dark Horse kept those franchises alive in some substantial ways because. Those and they had some great. great creative yeah. teams on them. And that's, and that's the biggest thing. Like, I am really curious to see who from the Marvel bullpen they put on these books. Because you know, at least for the first arcs of these, like, it's going to be a top-notch team. It's going to be some big, yeah, because they get the, the guy. Yeah. Well, who was on, um, I mean, they put Jason Conan, Aaron. Conan was Jason, Jason Aaron, Aaron and, and uh, Mahmoud Asrar. So, yeah. so Don Cates is going to get one. Because oh he he likes dark violence. Is he a big, I was gonna ask. Is he a big alien? I don't know if he's big on one of those, guy? but he that, that seems up his alley. Yeah. Now that said, if if Stegman is drawing one, uh, an alien book, I will one hundred percent be excited about an alien book. Stegman could draw a Howard the Duck book, and I would oh, I'd be stoked. <laughs> I just um, want to see an aliens versus symbiotes cross. My my thing here now that I'm in for. What no. this just makes me think about is the future of Dark Horse more than about the future of these franchises with Marvel. Dark Horse has lost a lot over the past few years and obviously the star wars comics were huge conan now these things who cares you're seeing them. we're seeing a lot yeah, in the news about it. dark horse maybe not being a great company ba- based on its leadership look you know, i was gonna say i'm saying the, the it has of this people with that, in the company that yes, are not yes, great yes, yes. allegedly allegedly i'm saying this podcast i'm saying this this that's what is coming out that it could appear to be that way and the timing of this with that kind of sees like oh well yeah but i don't think that has anything to do with that because they've lost i mean they've lost their their licenses well that's that's the problem left dark horse which one of their popular that's when you that's what happens when you license that's the problem right that is the problem when you are a publisher that makes most of its money on licensed comics yeah that's what happened with buffy they i got outbid right but i'm just i'm just saying when you look at all of the losses put together and the timing of all these losses and kind of what's going on and look if idw can still figure it out They'll they'll find a way. Well, and, you gotta remember the, the biggest Dark thing Horse makes. What you need Dark, to watch is what no, happens with Hellboy going forward. Dark Horse makes a lot of money on non comics stuff. They make a lot of money on video game art books, yeah. uh, art books in general. They have the Game of Thrones Thrones license. They make a lot of money on that stuff. They were they were not making a lot of money off Predator and and Aliens. Right. They're, yeah. They're honestly, I'm, I'm probably those paying are giant more losses. than they made it's yeah. just because of the licensing at, fees. So. At the span of things, it's their licensing stuff, but then you had a character like the goon who was one of their more well-known characters. It's not a giant moneymaker, but it's one of their yeah. more well-known 
characters yeah, then we're leave deep in the dark horse to be comics. somewhere. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm just saying. Like, <laughs> I'm interested I think all I care about is I want Marvel I to get the RoboCop and Terminator comics so we can really just do this thing right. So, like, if they they don't have those rights yet, some of them have everything though. Just leave claws. At Dark Horse, Man, please, because yeah, I love that. Yeah, I'm not concerned about <laughs> leaving it alone. Horse, Dark Horse Comics is not something I'm concerned with anymore. Yeah. That and Valiant are. I, I want all of them to flourish. So. so, yes. No. No, son. It's 2020. I don't need WWE in every single thing. I want right. more companies than just one. Don't you, though? I do. Yeah, I mean, I that's want not the real weird. I'm saying, but don't you want WWE in everything? By the time Power Rangers and in Marvel and. No, dude. I want by the time separate. you finish this con- podcast, you're going to be owned by Disney. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, that right. I don't doubt. <laughs> Moving right along, so we're going to see. Keep an eye on what's going on with the Alien and Predator franchises for Marvel. Uh, moving right along, Charlie has a quick, quick, quick PSA about. Hey, what do you mean? I just, I just, I, I messaged you earlier saying like this is going to be the biggest thing in the world for the next week. I'm like that is it's the it's the thing people are going to talk about. Hamilton's out on this Disney Plus. Go for it. I'm just, I was just telling you that you know it's something. I said we should talk about it before the fallout stuff started because that's shot, a much Charlie. bigger. I'm not going to throw away my shot, Matt. It's really, really good. Everyone's going to talk about it. I mean, obviously, there's not much to say other than like everyone's excited about it. And it was worth talking about so that we could say we talked about it so that, you know, people would want to listen to us talk about it because everyone's going to want to talk about it this weekend. That's all, that's all I was trying to say. I if anyone has anything to share, I've seen it. It's amazing. By the time you listen to this, it's out on Disney+. Plus. You should watch it. If anyone else has anything to share about it, you're living in much more of America than I am right now. I think it's going to be interesting when this story of American history, featuring a mostly black and Latino cast and rap, hits the uh, mainstream and becomes a talking point on Twitter again. It's going to get it's going to get real unfriendly real quick. But you know, I, I got I nothing to do this it's July been long enough. I think that you know, we'll it's, see. It's, it's certainly going to be the most the most talked about thing online for the next week we're gonna see what the first three comments of every tw- of every uh, hamilton post says says different but i got nothing to do over the fourth of july weekend so i'll be watching that online as Lord much as i am on the street lava yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. That in there. <laughs> all right so the, hamilton's hitting disney plus on uh july 3rd if you have a subscription we have a whole breakdown of comicbook.com about how and where you can watch but if you have a disney plus full subscription none of that trial bs you can just pretty much click play and get going so uh, enjoy, and uh, maybe we'll come back and talk about that. How far away are we from movie studios with big releases just putting them on VOD for like fifty bucks? Oh God, I, I don't think we're, we're I don't fifty think bucks. We're that. 50 Why fifty? Crazy. This ain't if you want to going back, if, to pay I mean that if, wanna, if, if, if they if told you me that see, No Time to you, Die was available right now for a hundred dollars, I would pay it. That's what I mean. Wait, okay, wait, wait, hold on. Wonder, let's what? say Wonder Woman does not make it to theaters and they put it up available digitally for the first couple of weekends. If you want to watch it, it's 50 bucks. But why 50? That's what I'm curious about. Since Trolls... Because, because they're going to have... Well, because, I uh, thought Trolls, that was the You, you got to make your money back. I think you got to make, you gotta make your money back. as they made it sound. Right. Okay. Yeah. Like, like they got to make... Like, they need to make money off these. But like I said, you personally, Matt, like, I think if you they said Wonder Woman is online right now yeah. and you can watch it right now, if you pay $50, you can rent this movie and watch no, it once right now. You I wouldn't do it. I got crap to pay for. No, I, I wouldn't do bucks a lot of things, spend on a movie. But there, there are a couple of movies that like <laughs> I'm so excited. But how to much see. is a night out at the theater? How I mean, many people are going to pay? Night. Okay, 
how many people are going to pay the $50 and how many people are going to wait the day until the people who paid the $50 recorded all and put it on a nice big <laughs> I mean, yeah, that everybody too. watches that. Yeah. I do not endorse that's part that. Of why I don't think that we're that close to it because. And you guys you are know. also living in a, in a world where people are accepting the permanence of our situation and in, in, in <laughs> yeah, just don't seem true. to be real right now. <laughs> like people are still saying we're, Christopher Nolan still thinks he's open a tenant like, like <laughs> well so then what's the price is it thirty dollars no I mean this but is see, discussion at, we don't at, need at, to do at this no, at no I don't cost think at, this point, at no cost close. are you going to make your money back on movies like we don't Wonder Woman or we're not even close to this you're yet, not going to make your money back with VOD it's just it's people just not get here yeah how do we get here it's Jim it's Jim sorry we're not even, this is not oh, in the that, show That's notes. why everything yeah. you see is going to be mid-budget. Oh, Trolls God. and Scoob are going to be the biggest movies you see on this. The only other option is studios selling them to streaming services. <laughs> that's, the, that's the bigger, like, that's the bigger play. That's the more likely play for this stuff. Because Netflix or Amazon will shell out $50 million to take an exclusive release of a film and play yeah. it on the service. But the VOD thing is is going to no. be reserved for it's a it's certain budget or lower you're going to get there. yeah and, and the money is too scary for people yeah it, it's just not working out so moving right along let's talk about other things that didn't work out in our deep dive stupid money to watch new mutants tonight though let's just i want to be i want to be clear about that <laughs> or you, you just I get mean, a hulu i mean just what, get a hulu tonight, account. tonight someone's getting <laughs> someone's getting paid in the next week so i mean i would use those um, hulu i don't i don't, don't want to say out loud how much money i'd pay to watch new mutants right now I don't, a lot of money. I don't want you to either. Like it, but yeah, Hulu. It's more than my wife great. would be okay with me paying to watch the new mutants. That's, that's for sure. We do not enjoy Charlie Ridgely's opinions. <laughs> on Keep your money. Hold on. Put it in your mattress. We're going to move on. So let's talk about other things that didn't work out. Justice League. So <laughs> Justice League, you know, came and hit theaters and uh, it belly flopped pretty, pretty hard. I mean, I mean, I can't remember people trying to argue it wasn't a financial failure, my God. But we were getting, we had success this year. We're getting the Snyder Cut finally. Uh, it's coming to HBO Max 2021. But since we now have gotten the Snyder Cut and started to see trailers for it and everybody celebrating this, you know, victory and Zach's, you know, Snyder's vision getting released, you begin to see a breakdown of the old studio system of secrecy and, and coercion that makes actors do horrible things that are against their souls. And uh, we had an unexpected capeless hero in the form of Justice League star Ray Fisher, who basically went out on social media and at first said he wanted to take back what he said on stage during Comic-Con 2017 when the Justice League panel, when he... They were doing the panel. It was him, Ezra Miller, Ben Affleck, Al Gadot, and Jason Momoa uh, on stage promoting Justice League. This is when the reshoots were happening, and Zach had been, you know, had left the film, and Josh Whedon had come in and was finishing it up. And this was their first public kind of like really big presentation of of the new Frankenstein version of Justice League. And, and remember, he walked out yeah. on that stage with the iHeart ZS. Yeah, shirt on. I heard like he was not, you know. But he got asked by, and he had to field a question about, you know, how is Josh Whedon, or Josh Whedon, uh, Joss Whedon on in how the research, and he just basically said, oh, he kind of played it off and said, oh, the research, they're just basically like small things, not not anything. And Joss has been like great. Zach picked a great guy to finish the film, and 
everybody always won. Like, this was an internet conspiracy theory for, for a long time since, since that aired because people read everything whenever we do these super, like these interviews with these superhero actors. And it, it looked clear if you go back and look at the footage from uh, Comic-Con that like immediately after he say that Ray Fisher looked very uncomfortable. Jason Momoa looked very, very uncomfortable. It's basically like you could start playing, you know, the Simon and Garfunkel, you know, song <laughs> over yeah, him. Darkness, just, my old friend. Yeah, because he's just staring off, and you could tell Jason Momoa is not this, well, such a great those, yeah, actor that he can hide guys, the very nice expression. Those yeah. two guys have been like Snyder's version of Batista for Gun. Yeah, like, yeah. Like they've been no matter what. Those two have been in Snyder's corner, had Snyder's back from moment one. Yeah, and so like Ray Fisher finally came out and said when he said I retract that statement, he was saying like he took back everything he was saying on that stage and basically kind of giving the signal to fans that like, yeah, he had to do that and play the studio game and give the PR answer, but he didn't really mean that. And we were like, oh man, that's, that's a little shade. That's kind of cool. Then he came back again <laughs> <laughs> and he pretty much just said, you see this cup of tea? He's like, F this, and threw it on the floor. And it was just – and said that Josh Whedon was downright kind of um, mean and abusive. I'm not quoting the exact words. Right. Uh, I, think was, I think it was, it was gross, abusive, and unprofessional. Yeah, gross, abusive, and unprofessional. So, yeah, that was uh, – And then he got, crazy. like, endorsed by everybody and their brother that was on the movie. Mm-hmm. And then what was even worse – was he he mentions in the tweet that jeff johnson is it john berg is that the, was that the producer yep, john i was to him and peter berg confused jeff johnson john berg like allowed the behavior by whedon and then within like hours of that tweet it was announced that jason momoa was making a movie with jeff johnson john berg for warner brothers and it was like oh that's really and it really sucks because it's really a frosted a snowman movie, and I really want to see that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, can, yeah. can I, just, I, I feel so terrible for how this has all played out for Ray Fisher specifically. Every other actor in Justice League has been able to be fine. And like, w- there has been no work for Ray, and he was one of the best parts of that movie. Well, he I mean, was fantastic was in the movie. Like, this was, yeah, was, and he was this great. This is a dream of his, like, come true. But it's been three years quick, since then. quick, like, how a dream can become a nightmare. Like, the only mm-hmm. thing I've seen him in since then has been those couple of episodes of True Detective um, in well, season played, three. Yeah, three he, my, he played uh, Marshall's always son, son. Yeah. yeah. But, like, I mean, you've got the, you know, Henry Cavill and Ben Affleck and Gal Gadot are obviously big stars. Jason Momoa has taken off, obviously. And even Ezra Miller, who has a big fan base, has been in the news for a lot of negative things since that happened and is still, he's still got a Flash movie. He's still Fantastic Beast. Like he's got all this stuff going on. And you got Ray Fisher who was new and poured his heart and soul into this and like he's still without a job. Yeah, that's the background. And, 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 like, that know, really sucks. Like, Ray Fisher was literally a, I mean, I knew him because I knew pe- a lot of people who do like Broadway and like plays in New York and stuff. I mean, he was just a New York stage actor and who mm-hmm. got plucked out of obscurity for this major DC franchise with this major director. And it was like in the theater community, people were doing pirouettes like in like this. And he was supposed to have his own movie. Yeah. And it was like, yeah. And he got set up for his own solo movie. He was going to be appearing in other films. Like he was going to have a whole career. And then justice league just did this weird stutter and him and Momoa are really kind of 
loyal because Zach like kind of helped build up their careers in a big way. And they were sold specifically on his vision. And that's like, and working with him and doing this and making the movie that they thought they were making is, is what pulled them in. And, and, and so they lucked out getting like, James Wan, yeah. like to do Aquaman with him, you know, but. Yeah. And it's just Ray Fisher has no, they all had background. Like everybody right. else came into it with background. He had no background. And so now his whole film career is this kind of weird failed crazy story of a movie that he's now a quagmire of his, that his career is wrapped up in. And yeah, it sucks. So I'm hoping that like the Snyder cut comes out and, and we get to see more cyborg story. And I mean, he deserves to at least continue being like a player. Hey, in the put him in Shazam guy. too. That seems like a great fit for him. Yeah. And well, it sounds like he's going to be in, end up being in flash. I hope, I hope so. I, I hope so. I think, like I said, I think he's, he's great as cyborg. Um, and I, I think he deserves to be in more. And I, but I appreciate that. Like the coming back to the whole point, like this is how he feels about his experience on set. And no one should feel afraid to be able to speak how they feel about something they experienced. And the fact that he's not guaranteed anything and is still taking this opportunity to say something like that, that says a lot. And I, you know, I appreciate his willingness to like speak up on what he feels wronged him. Um, even when he's not, you know, Momoa could say whatever he wanted to right now about whatever project he's been on. And he's still going to get a job in another day, you know, like, Ben Affleck is still going to get roles and stuff. Ray Fisher doesn't have that guarantee, and he's still he's still willing to to speak out about what he feels is true. I mean, yeah, yeah, and I mean, it's just it's also just sad because I remember that like Josh Whedon was like for a long time a fan favorite, and like he was like the fandom's you know chosen one, and yeah. He's had kind of a quick fall there. I mean, <clears throat> you know, I try to give him some of the credit, even in the show I mean, notes I put it. Even that, just like, like, at the time of doing Justice League, he was, you know, arguably not in a great place. He no. A lot of and, I, and I can't imagine how stressful that coming into that job was. I mean, that, yeah. No and he was anybody, obviously like, that, done that with the suck. comic book industry because, or the comic yeah. book movie industry after Avengers 2. That was not a, a, I mean, that wasn't a private secret that he was kind of burned out and didn't want to do that anymore. So, I'm trying to give him benefit of the doubt, but it's also not the first time we've heard these stories or whispers from. Yep. I mean, it's, that's why I kind of like, I look at the, like the long fall. It, it's been a, a long fall. Cause I feel like this is, this is really just like the, you know, straw that broke the cable's back, so to speak. Like it's, this has been stuff we've had looks at or been hearing about for like 10 years. I mean, I feel like 10 years. I mean, I, I feel like that's the length of time that some of this stuff. And again, like now it's just, you know, like a light, a light gets sh- shown on something and then more and more stuff comes out from that. But yeah, I mean, this has been a long thing. Uh, and as I, I mean, he has not commented on any of this, right? No, he is. He has not said anything. Yeah. Alan Tudyk has commented on his behalf, but Joss yeah, Whedon has not. I did see that. Has not said anything. I did see that. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm not going to get too deep in this because this podcast does not need to be sued. But, uh, yeah, it just seems like Justice League is like, like I said at the beginning, like one of the craziest, biggest quagmires of a movie I have ever seen. And it's just like. And, man, it did not need to be. No. It's it's (laughs) wild to me how many times this has been. This is the biggest of them all. But throughout the history of DC movies, I mean, we have so many of these we can point to and be like, like the uh, Superman lives and Justice League Mortal 
and this. I feel like there are probably other ones that I'm forgetting about, but like there's so many where like this was almost this thing and there's this crazy behind the scenes story about these movies. Yeah. And, but like, I think more as like a final note, one of the other things it kind of shows is that in the end, I think there's going to be plenty that is written about like what the hell was going on at Warner Brothers at this time. Mm -hmm. And just for the whole Snyder run of this DC franchise and as more and changes hands that's it as more and more people leave yeah. their, their spots more and more is going to come gonna, all yeah. those ndas go away all those uh like contracts run up that that stuff will start to come out and we'll have a much clearer picture of what happened actually what we really need is an unsolved mysteries version of justice league hey and that's a great segue from justice league over to the return of Netflix's Unsolved Mysteries. So, if you grew up in like the 80s, 90s era like me, I mean, it, it, it was so freaky. Like, I hadn't thought about this show for years until we saw the trailer. But yep. as soon as I pressed play on the first episode and the music started up, I yes. was like right back there. So I was like, Wait. good. I was like, where am I? Where's I Robert like, Stack? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, where is he? But I was right back there. And it, and it was crazy. And yeah, so if you don't know, Unsolved Mysteries was like one of the kind of original big hit pioneering kind of true, true crime docuseries type deals. And what makes you Unsolved Mysteries unique then and now is just the hodgepodge of, of the show concept, <laughs> which is basically whatever loosely fits the term of an Unsolved Mystery is something we can we can put in there. So... You can get episodes that range from like a murder that nobody can solve and they need more tips for. And that's the hook of the show. These are things they're, they're presenting, not just to say as fascination, but to try to elicit responses from the public to help solve those mysteries. And it, and it's worked in the past. They've actually got, I remember those episodes where they have said like, because of you, we were able to solve this, this murder. Yeah. And they've solved actual cases because of the show. So that's the hook. But right, but it, but the, you're right. The premise it, right. is like it can be a murder that happened. Somebody disappeared, and nobody knows where they are. Or the time aliens came to Kansas <laughs> and like robbed a pizza parlor. <laughs> and you know, it, it, it depends show to show. I mean, it covers everything from the supernatural to the extraterrestrial to to real true crime stuff. And, and it's so, that music, man. Yeah, and and it's just the way it's presented, and you know, the reenactments and things like that, like. That's what made the old show great. And uh, the new Netflix series does a great job with it. And I'm, I've watched the first two episodes in, so I'm just like getting into it. Okay. Um, I've only watched the first one. Yeah. So. I mean, and both are just, I mean, the first two ones are so far just both true crime stuff. Um, um, do you like the new format of I, only I, being one per? Cause like, I remember, right. The old show was yeah. three per episode. Yeah, they were quick. And yeah. I, I do, I like it kind of because I do like, I think we've all been trained to watch these kind of true crime shows that are about like an hour, an episode, whether it's Tiger King or, or you know, whatever we've been watching. So I, I'm, I'm just so programmed to it. I didn't even think about it. And I just sat there and it was great just to have on, like if I'm working or something and just kind of have on the background as, and they, and they obviously are going more cinematic with it. Like it looks a lot better when they film it and in it, the way it's put together is, is a lot more drawn out. The second episode you'll see really does it because they know the outcomes of some of these things but they dangle them as mysteries and then as the episode goes on 
you begin to find out like, oh, well, you know, there's this new twist. And so they're just playing the basically the, the, the true crime format. Well, that, that was my thing on the first thing. episode that it was a little, it, it probably could have been trimmed a bit because like mm-hmm. how many times are you going to show the picture of the building? How many mm-hmm. times are you going to show the whole, like it was, it was like five different angles and no new information was shared. I'm like, okay, like yeah, but there's there's a episode filler. of uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia where they do a true crime, like a, a mockumentary of a true crime show. Um, and it's, it's called Dennis Reynolds, you know, you know, it's basically Dennis Reynolds, like a serial killer. Yeah. And, it, it mocks exactly the, the kind of structuring process of this. And it does things like that, exactly like that. And, and that's what they're doing. I mean, this is very much a stereotypical modern true crime show. And it's like, then we saw the hole from the bottom. And yeah. we realized and, it <laughs> made of metal. All, all that like, talk about the mockumentary yeah. stuff, all that does is make me so furious that there's no more American Vandal. Because nothing mocked true crime quite like American Vandal did. No, I mean, it was a great Perfect. show, but this one is good to have back. And like I said, I just love how kind of like still kitschy and cheesy Unsolved Mysteries is. And like, yeah, the people in it and the way, and now I kind of like the tre- cheesy dramatic staging. Like episode two was just funny because it's like, yeah, they just drop things that were obviously known about the case from the very beginning. They like dole it out to you as like mystery <laughs> reveals. And you're like, wait, what? <laughs> like, oh man, like you could have told me this at the beginning. Like, but there, there yeah. is a bit though you miss in with the reenactments, right? Or like the, in the classic series, I mean, they were bad. Oh, but I think like, in the trailer, I saw there are still some. I haven't gotten to uh, okay. yet, but I'm not certain. So I'm going to be careful because I, I feel like in the trailer, I saw some. Yeah. But so far, no, there have not been in, like any yeah. like big reenactments. But those were the cheesy fun of the old ones. Right. Yeah, that's, that, they were great. Yeah. That's, and that's, a, that's the thing that, like for me, really helps kind of sell, sell those episodes, especially the wild, crazy ones that are like not really murder mysteries, which is like random ones. Uh, and so, so like, I hope, I hope we get more of that. Uh, as yeah, I've, I've only watched the first two, so. Um, the second episode does excited. a good job of. They do a good job in the second episode of of kind of dealing with a town and characters who are mm-hmm. all characters and all start off seemingly normal or the wounded ones, but then get progressively weird. All of them do turn mm-hmm. out to have like weirder sides, and there's just one scene that they do with a husband talking about you know some keepsake he has of, of a wife and, and he see, thinks it's so endearing, but it's like one of the creepiest things you're, you're, you'll see. And they just like let him play out that scene and talk about it. And that, that was kind of, that was good. I was like, okay, I see what you're doing there. Unsolved mysteries. <laughs> like <laughs> you're doing that guy really dirty right now. But uh, yeah, so I enjoyed it. And I'm, I'm glad to have it back just for the nostalgia factor. Like you said, you hear that music and I was like right back into it. So I miss Robert Stack though. Oh man. I kind of wish they Just had his found voice. some kind yeah. of way to work his like the part shtick. of the old intro in maybe, yeah. you know, like it, it, there is just something about his voice. It, it, yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of like, like it, it was reminiscent of what they did with Twilight Zone with, from Rod Serling to Jordan Peele. Yeah. Yep. It would have been like that would, I just, there is just something about his. I just, look, I just remember I used to be as a kid, I used to be, so freaking scared 
Oh yeah. It was after watching one, show. I was like, that Am I the only is, person that's that, never seen this show? Yeah. I was like, that person is on the loose and they are yep. in my neighborhood and I am I going think, to get kidnapped. Cause these like, were unsolved mysteries. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, like, yeah, that was the thing, right? They could be outside right now. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. When like, and there's <laughs> one in the first episode where like, they're like, the alarm went off and I heard it the night before. And I was like, Oh my God. Like, you know, like, uh, I get, I get real like paranoid and start shoving stuff in front of doors. Like, it's, yep. you know, yeah, that's, it Dude, had, the, still had, they that. have such great, like just the mood and the tone of the show is so great. It's scaring you. Like you just watch some crazy stuff and then it's just like, and he's still at large cut to black. Also now here's another thing they're really like, good Whoa. at is, is painting suspicion on people. <laughs> that first episode. That's what they, I'm saying about the husband thing. Yeah, and the keepsake yeah. He says like, he thinks he's being so sweet and bringing this out. And you just start sitting there like, oh, and then they put no. this like message though underneath, like he didn't return any calls. <laughs> We've never spoken to him, and it's like, oh, he did it! Like yeah. it doesn't. I don't know if that's fair. I don't, I don't know if that's <laughs> legit. But like now, I think he did it. Like that's magic the of editing. Yeah, that's what they're yeah. doing in a lot of these. So yeah, that's that's the new fun of it is just being like. You hear the music, all oh, it's like that thing of the Simpsons when they think Homer's guilty of sexual harassment and he's like watching like thing and you're like, You hear the music? He did it. Like, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. So unsolved mysteries, but uh yeah, having some good fun with that and uh it's good to have back. I'm I'm happy to have it back. I'm just happy to have the floor Something is back. lava and unsolved mystery. Yeah, it is actually. <laughs> the floor is lava crazy. is so much stupid fun. It's yeah. so oh, yeah. I Such love weird, it so yeah, much. We talked about it last show. Alternate yeah. programming type oh. of thing. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah I, think, I think they're number one and number two on Netflix today. <laughs> yeah. Good. And with good reason, because you watch an unsolved mystery and then you got to lighten your soul. Yep. Put on some floor is lava. That's exactly that's right. right. And that's how I'll be spending 4th of July, America. All right, that'll do it for this episode of Comic Book Nation. We want to thank you guys for tuning in once again. We're still in our quarantine arc, so we are still at home, but we still drop episodes every Wednesday and Friday on comicbook.com where you can subscribe to our RSS feed and get regular updates about the show, or you can subscribe on your new or on any podcast listening platform. I realized just the other night I've been saying iTunes this whole time, but there is no more iTunes podcast there's apple oh, podcast apple, apple yeah we gotta change that so we're on apple podcast uh spotify stitcher iHeartRadio, google podcast and google playlist you can tell your amazon alexa device to play comic book nation podcast you can see our faces on the comicbook.com youtube page or watch every wednesday and friday on facebook when we air the episodes live over facebook if you want to talk to us about anything drop some show topics or things you want discussed or just get in touch with any of us, you can always hit us up at the hashtag ComicBookNation, or you can reach me at Kofi Outlaw. You can find me at Matt Aguilar CB. I'm at Jim Viscardi. And I'm at Charlie Ridgely. We want to thank you guys. You guys have been leaving five-star reviews of the show on Apple Podcasts, and we want to just encourage you to continue to do so because one sweet day, we will be back in our studio. And uh, when we... When we are in the studio, we read reviews uh, sporadically on the show. And if we read your five-star review, we send you a free T-shirt. And we are going to be keeping Jim busy as soon as we get back. <laughs> and we're going to keep him in the mail room for a long period of time by sending out a bunch of T-shirts. So go on Apple Podcasts and uh, leave a five-star review of the show if you are enjoying it. Otherwise, we want to thank you guys for tuning in. As we said, stay connected. Stay healthy and in good spirits. Have good holidays safely. And be back to join us again. Peace. Wash those hands. Yeah. Peace. Oh, man. Oh, that's a good sign. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh, man. That really couldn't have. Yeah, I know. (laughs) La Rona. All right. Everybody stay safe in all seriousness. We'll see you guys back here next time. We're Comic Book Nation. Peace. Peace.